0: Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Black Entourage Podcast. My name is Amir and today we are joined with Sean, Adam, K. Muhammad, as well as Jamal. Um, Today we're going to kick it off with some music. Um, J. Cole released a new album. Um, He's been, you know, working on this project for a very long time. I've tried to listen to it maybe, I've probably tried to listen to it like three times. And I I can say I have not gotten through the whole entire album for some reason. I don't know why. Um, It may be the type of music that I'm listening to or into right now, like I'm in Beast Hustle mode, and it doesn't give me those vibes, so maybe I just keep trying to get off. But um, does anybody else have any other opinions about the album?
1: Yeah, right now you're stuck in Memphis mode, so I understand. (laughs) Probably, yeah. (laughs) I'm stuck in that whole um, (laughs) Key Glock, Doff, Wave. But, but I get it. Uh, uh, Adam, I see your hand. I'll, give, I'll get you in a second.
2: I was like, let the here, you know?
1: Gotta treat it like a real team meeting. I see your hand. I acknowledge you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, J. Cole's album was really, really good. Uh, it might, I won't say it's his best, but it's definitely up there. It's one of his best projects. Um, it's behind like Friday night lights for me. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a really good project. Uh, it showed his his range for once. I know a lot of people say he's like stuck in a box, but he really uh, brought it down from the north down to the south, like the song uh, I-95 said. Started in New York, brought it all the way down to uh, Lil John. So um, I think it was well put together. Uh, probably one of the greatest rollouts we have seen in music history, just from everything that he did for this album. From announcing he was joining the African Basketball League under the NBA, so technically he fulfilled his his lifelong dream to becoming a basketball pro. Uh, from to uh, he debi- uh, debuted today too, right? Only had like three points, like three rebounds
3: or whatever,
4: and but a hey, triple
1: triple single. He scored. He scored his debut. It works with the rollout. I think it, I
3: think it was <laughs>
1: three points,
3: three rebounds,
1: and, and like a steal or something like that. It wasn't crazy. Two assists, something. He played like seventeen minutes, so he is getting some minutes out there. It will be nice to see how Loki actually stays uh, with this, or was this all just a huge giant publicity stunt between him and the NBA to get some eyes on the African league because it's just starting out. You um, also have. Um, uh, when Cam started on song number one, that brought me right in. I was like, oh, I was like, here we go, killing Cam. I really wish he would have rapped, though. I was, I was disappointed that he didn't drop any bars. If Cam had some bars on that, would have been just fire. Uh, but, yeah, J. Cole really dropped a really good album. Uh, Jamal, surprisingly, you will like it, man. I know you're harsh on J. Cole, but this is a really good album that's completely different from what... You, you, you say that you hate from
0: him. So, I liked it. Right. Add a five that stars. would probably make sense. That's probably why I haven't really finished listening to it because it's not the, like the usual J. Cole mm-hmm. album that I've gotten. So, it's like, okay, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll yeah. get to it. no,
1: it, it's a good switch, man. It's a good switch. And, I don't know. We'll see when he takes this with, the, with
2: everything else. I mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. I think <laughs> I was waiting for Sean. I was waiting for anybody to respond to Sean if anybody would respond. But we
3: can um, respond the audio.
2: They, I listened to the J. Cole album maybe like six times then. I'm not going to lie. I listened to it over and over again um, just to make sure that I was giving it a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, you know, the J. Cole album, like you said, it happened around a, a lot of um, moments, right? His rollout was pretty good. But I think the best part of his rollout is that he released it on the same weekend that Tim Duncan was going to the Hall of Fame, because they pretty much have the same career, right? Like <laughs> Tim Duncan, like he was, he you know he wasn't the most you know fun guy. He didn't have like he wasn't you know playing, he wasn't born like Kobe. He didn't have the passion of KG. But you know you looked up. You know, KG have stories about it. He said you know halftime looked up during you know halftime to the game, and Tim Duncan got twenty and twelve. You didn't wow. even know what the hell happened. That's what I feel like J Cole's doing. Like, ain't nobody really talking about J Cole's album, but right now it's number one on iTunes. Um, it went number one in 43 minutes. Um, he's well on pace to go platinum again. He's already broken a bunch of records. He's, you know, as far as like, um, he's about to enter, enter into the top um, the Billboard Hot 40 or Hot the top 40 or whatever it is. Yeah, his whole album is about to be on there. It's about to be the first time that uh, the album with more um, with more than eight songs. Um, like a full cool album, warning songs going on there. So again, he's just like off the backboard, right? <laughs> he's just like he's posting up, facing up a little bit. He's Timmy D, like he he right. He looked up every every year, like he said, like last time he had no features, he went platinum. Like who was really checking for it? I mean, Jake, he's nice. I'm not gonna get you. like just like Tim Duncan. He's nice. He's balling. Like he put him up against Shaq probably going, he's going to make Shaq look pedestrian, right? You put him up against Drake. He's going to make Drake look like, all right, like Drake, Drake is nice, but, like, J. Cole is nice. But, like, are you really going... If you if you were some girls or you in a club or you trying to get, like, hype, you're going to put us to J. Cole before, before you go out, go out there and play full game? No, you're not. You ain't putting on J. Cole. You know what I'm saying? So... It, he's a Tim Duncan I think I think the album was really great uh really good though although I say everybody I say that like again he, he, he could score he's a really good rapper um you know having Cam on there I think kind of was his attempt to trying to go classic you know and just have like a street guy solidify that like yo like we think J. Cole is you know is that nigga too like okay. you know let people know because that's always I think that's always been a perception is that since he doesn't really have that connection with the streets too it's like you know is he really there? Um, Cause like mm-hmm. like again like Jake J- Cole's albums go platinum, but like you don't hear his songs in the club. You don't hear him. In the street, you know what I'm saying? Like you, nobody's bumping Jake Cole driving nowhere. You know you yeah. don't hear him coming out, coming out of cars. So now it's like I think mind. it was that 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 attempt for him to get that street recognition. And then on the other side, I think um, probably the best thing he did on the album outside of having Twenty One Savage on there and Lil Baby. They killed um, Was huh?
1: Him and 21 Savage can't miss right now. That's the really get- I, need a, I need an album with J. Cole and 21 Savage. I'll probably, probably fuck with, with yeah, that. that, with that. They, together, they can't yeah, miss. It, they're two for two. Recognition. They're two for two right now. They can't miss together.
0: <laughs> J. Cole put, J. Cole and Young Thug are a pretty good um, team, too, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's really good, he can he play. You I mean, know, like, he's like Tim, Tim Duncan, you can play with anybody, yeah. He probably play with anybody, that's true. <laughs> J. goes oh. like you know, his way he flows in the way he is on, on songs, like you know, he can he go bar for bar anybody, um, and, and not make it sound like a screech, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think also, like, he's probably the only back, like, not the only, but he's probably one of the main back rappers that like some street niggas do listen to. It's like, yo, J. Cole's nice, um, but at the same time, yeah, man. Um, that one was good. I think. I think another another big moment was him talking about the the infamous Diddy fight, and yeah. then having Diddy on the end of the song to say a prayer. Yeah. um that was interesting? I think it shows you know progression well, in his prayer, okay. and as well as Diddy's because like, you know, Diddy's usually like that braggadocious kind of person, and for him to like you know be on there and do that, I think it was interesting. Um, but again, I get, I think the album was good. Um, I don't. I think it's gonna probably. I think so far it's the best album of the year so far. For sure. It's not saying a whole lot. We haven't had a like lot great stuff this year so far. Um, but you know, I'm excited to see um, what everybody else because this might set the pace. I want to see what else comes after this. It's the first
1: big dog to to release. Khaled, yeah, uh, he's he's a collective, but this is like the first individual big dog to come out after the pandemic so and then the bar the set
2: built pedestrian too so <laughs> yeah the
1: and that album was triggery trash. Um <laughs> I don't think it was trash. I just
2: think like it was like good. it wasn't it wasn't horrific. Oh
3: we already
2: talked about you listening to yeah, it, it now we did. Um, uh,
0: certain songs certain songs. Yeah if it comes on my radio. Or, yeah, or if, or if it's on, on a radio. playlist. On a playlist, or, yeah. yeah, on YouTube music or something. That yeah. counts. That counts,
2: shit. It counts, but Go- I'm not actively, like, going out of my mind. Going way. yeah, going to listen to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think oh, like It's like having a DJ.
5: No, like, I mean, y'all basically, no, y'all basically said everything about this big Cole album. I I thought it was good as well. I woke up 7 a.m., popped it in. Well, can't pop anything in. <laughs> I put my headphones on. And when I heard Cam's voice, I immediately woke up. I was just like, what what is going on? And I had like this nostalgic, you know, type of feeling. Um, particularly with the 95 South references, um, bunch of you know, rap greats mentioned 95 South, um, just being on the highway in different different instances. So I liked how he flipped that for his own. J. Cole, he's just um he just found, he just he was able to find a lane and exploit it to the best of his ability. Uh, I appreciate that he added more production uh, uh, producers to the to the album. Yeah, um, it really kind of rounded out the sound. So by the time you got to the tracks that he actually produced itself himself, it fit right. It, it didn't become you know super. Um, most of the time, like just super repetitive bland. Monotonous. Repetitive, monotonous. monotonous. Repetitive after a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it has some peaks and it has some valleys, mm-hmm. right? And so, that's why I look to for for a good album. Um, man, like y'all said, J. Cole and, 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 uh, 21, they, they don't miss. They don't miss. Like, it, it's a good pairing because, um, uh, 21 Savage, he's very matter of fact. He's very blunt. Uh, he tells it like it is. Uh, and then J Cole adds that you know philosophical element, yeah. or um, I'm sure I'm I'm not sure about this, or just positing different things. And so bringing that together, it's just it's it's, it's just almost just like magic. they
1: have it's almost like they have like the street
5: versus business, like. Um, it's, but, not even, it's not even like street versus business, it's kind of like, so if Amir and I ever went into business or something mm-hmm. like that, right, it, it'll kind of be like that, like Amir yeah. has like a different personality. Yeah,
1: I'm just talking about in the sizes of it being like yeah. opposites, like from the business perspective right, right, it's like right, complete right, opposites, right. but they fit well together. Like what the twenty one say was like, I'm a good guy, so I send teddy bears to their mamas whenever I make they make their mamas <laughs> cry.
5: <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that like chilled my soul. Yo, like, all we believe in is homicide. Yeah. Like, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I send teddy bears to their mamas. <laughs> So, what <laughs> make them, but, cry like but that but that makes the pairing
3: so good the dichotomy yeah. of both different yeah. both worlds like the, the college guy to
1: the street guy the college street guy.
3: guy with the backpack nigga that hasn't been out the house like in the streets like that and then Every person the nigga. yeah yeah, yeah
2: Every person got the biggest person I feel like I feel like this all of us is like yeah we went to college so like we, we don't need to be in the streets you yeah. know like yeah we, we, yeah. kinda, like, we know what's you know we know what's
5: going on
4: with
2: it. It's
5: street yeah, I and mean, or,
4: or we, we know
2: J. a few guys that that
5: exactly. we've
3: seen them pull some shit out yeah. in their back pocket, or we've seen them pull a strap on nigga and be like, oh shit, that nigga is serious. Yeah, <laughs> we all seen some shit. Man. Yeah, we all seen some yeah. shit. Or or but but those niggas keep it cool with us, yep. so it's like that's true. So that's it's like that that is that dichotomy of Twenty One Savage and J Cole. J Cole, yeah. J. Cole ain't doing. None of that hot shit. No. But but <laughs> if J. Cole was on the block with a nigga doing some hot shit, that I nigga that was doing the hot shit's gonna be like, Oh, that's my man. That's, what, that's, what's that, that was good. And they'll <laughs> top it up on some
1: exactly. equal that's, footing. That's so a perfect
3: representation. So their, their pairing kind of
5: mirrors
4: that.
5: Yeah. Right. And then also, you know, J. Cole with his song, his single about the middle child, that kind of played into this album too, right? So cam he's the elder statesman he started it off but he yeah. also had um he also had little baby he also had 21 he also had um what else do you have um boss who's on there but he's kind of in the same same level but all that to say is um he's aware of his his placement placement as you know smack dab in between you know um two different eras two different times and so yeah, I think he knocked it out of the park. I mean, I think I think you know you knocked it out of the park. I gave it a strong give it a strong seven seven. You know?
4: Strong hey, that's high. That's Yeah, That's a good that's yeah. a good. Yeah. I'll
1: give that's it a seven right. five, seven five. Around that range 7-5. too. Yeah, it's a strong album. Strong album.
3: Um What about you, Adam?
2: gave it an eight actually.
4: Eight?
2: Oh no. I'm well, even,
1: all right I'm, there. I'm not even mad at that. Around no,
2: really. yeah, I rounded it up pretty much the same thing. Um, yeah, I forget, y'all did. Uh, figured because I feel, like, I feel like he made a cohesive album, which oh. a lot of people haven't done. Was like make one album that like made sense together. Especially I feel like during the pandemic, people were just throwing out singles like left and right, and a lot of the is trash. So um, I give him a, a good A just for like co- cohesiveness altogether. Um, and then like again, I, I didn't think about that point like you said, please. But it, it like he, you're right. He's in the middle of like the legend and like the new crowd, and like you know, he's always talking about that goat level, which is like of his class. Like he's, if he's not there, he's, de- he's definitely one of them from that class. He's one it of is. the leaders. Oh my
3: god!
1: He's one of the leaders. I mean, leaders, he is. But, <laughs> he, is. As much,
2: he might he might even be king of the of the like backpack group, right? Like, but he, he is. is. Like this he is, is.
3: It's his fans pushing it's it's,
4: it's it's his fans pushing that. It. It's not,
2: <laughs> as he's, it be, nice. As it it's, he's nice, he's nice, but like. The only way you right, can get that level of, sure, of fanship no, is, I'm, is I'm by being goat level to them. You gotta yeah. be goat level to them to have
3: that kind of level of fanship, like. I'm, I'm not gonna shit
2: on your cult. That's not
3: what this so is. Dollar and a Dream, baby,
1: Dollar and a Dream. Uh, what <laughs> do you guys think about Nicki Minaj? She released like her mixtape from 2009, but like three new tracks, right? The disrespect. The disrespect.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I heard the three new songs. Um, I started with Stephen Green and Lil Wayne's Snap Snap, and then you know, Nicki kind of did her thing as usual. And then Drake, you know, he did his thing, you know, as usual. But like, Lil Wayne is like at form in some type of capacity, like, mm. he was he was rapping, rapping, um, on that particular song. He's definitely good uh, on that calendar, too.
0: Yeah, 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 he did sound yeah. good on the tele trip. It's been sounding good for a
2: while. Freestyle to yeah.
5: too, was
0: nasty. He's been doing yeah. it. Yeah, I believe he put his, I believe Lil Wayne put himself into a situation to where, in like, once you reach a certain status, you can really just put out whatever the fuck. You can't, though. I mean, yeah. but that's that's literally what we experienced. I don't ever think that I went through a Lil Wayne face where I felt like he somehow lost it, like he did. He definitely no, he, did. Oh, he, I, he just completely lost it? Yeah, it was bad. Oh, wow. I, think, I, think I thought he was had, doing that shit on purpose, because there's no way in my Khalid, brain.
3: Khalid, me you've had this conversation where we said that's probably one of the greatest drop-offs in hip-hop history. Like, mm-hmm. the way he was just tearing through the game, and then all of a sudden, like, hip rock was Like, yeah, he didn't care anymore. His song showed he didn't care anymore.
0: Like, mm. It exactly. was I thought he was, I I thought wonder, that was intentional. Like, he was still yeah. being bought. Like he was still being paid for those features. So I feel like after a while you just get to a point where it gets old and it's just like, okay, they're gonna buy the shit anyway. I might as well sell them the product.
3: Maybe, but
0: I don't I don't know if that's the case.
3: Like to to call that Carter Four album a Carter album was disrespectful to
2: that whole series. Mm-hmm. It literally was. Mm-hmm. I'm, one through three are classics. Yeah. Well, what if what if it was like a money grab situation? Like a, a lot of people that's a lot of speculation was like, you know, he was having issues financially and with cash money so that he was so he's putting out whatever he could and a lot of that shit was like bullshit that he was just like side shit that he was just putting out and like now he might be, until he got his business together. Until he got
5: But there's a, but there's I don't wanna the fall off is still a fall off though, even yeah, if yeah, yeah no, got the, yeah. the, the case.
4: Yeah Yeah, I, I felt
5: like during that period, he was, you know, very insular. He had no direction. He had no focus. And I mean, even in interviews, sometimes when he when he talks, he said you don't listen to anybody else's stuff, right? And he just he, he continually he continually stays in the booth. But when you're not like even looking back at your old stuff and just kind of understanding like, you know, how 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 to you know get back in your pocket or whatever and find your find your rhythm. It's just not going to be good, and so I think yeah. he's there again. Um, so I'm I'm interested to in see like a full project for him, or like an EP or something like that. Because no, I agree. He was I,
2: I, I I liken it to like a basketball player or a football player, like kind of holding out, like Kawhi Leonard. Like you know, he said he was injured, but maybe you know, maybe he was just favoring himself for that year, let himself fully recoup, and they just didn't think he was. Or Vince Carter, you know, going from the Raptors to the Nets, you know, sometimes, sometimes some people, and it's still it's still to the detriment of their legacy, nonetheless, but there, there usually is a, you know, I still take it into account of, like, an asterisk, but it's, it still dampens, like, the overall legacy nonetheless, because
0: but, you're still putting out trash, like, regardless. But, yeah, exactly. But Drake has always said in his lyrics, like don't get it twisted he's still the man
3: and, I mean he has you know, to say that He found does, does that. he not, have to say that does I'm he not, have to? I mean he put him on like yeah. he's always going to be his boss in, 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 in somewhere in his career yeah. well not in his career but like in, in music without
1: Wayne there is no Drake so he doesn't want to go out there and publicly be like nigga I'm better than you like he can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. But,
2: also, but also it's like Rock, I, I, I'm sure Rock can to put together a good, a hot sixteen. Like I'm pretty sure he can. Like I don't. I feel like you never really lose it. Like that's, that's what they saying is like. But he, he doesn't lo- lose his capacities.
3: He just like. He but just, that's the thing. How many? How many of our favorite rappers fell off? Like, like. Uh-huh. Exactly. Like even let's you say Cam, right? Cam, mm-hmm. but Cam still puts out some hot shit. Like he's not buzzing like he was back in the day. You no. Know? But. I don't think his drop-off was that, where Lil Wayne's drop-off was, like, Cam is gonna give you Cam. Like, these niggas that we looked up to, like, Beanie Siegel can put, even with his raspy-ass changed voice, he's still gonna give you bars, like, Beanie Siegel bars. But well, Wayne, it was just not there. It sounded like a shell of himself. And but, I can't... Yeah.
2: But look at the level of output he had. Like, it's, it's hard to maintain, too. Like, but that's, that's,
3: that's fine, because you can stop putting out and Just make sure everything is quality yeah. to him. He just yeah. kept on putting out bullshit, 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 bullshit. I
5: thought After it was a while. strategy, and, 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 like, and this then has you has to it into that auto tune, uh, rock star thing, shit. uh, a yeah. lot of like too much. And so, and uh, during uh, during a period, he was just like screaming or like singing yeah. in like very weird places, and it feels like super I know He was trying natural. things out, but it just didn't. It didn't work. It just didn't match. It didn't, it didn't He's
1: been trying to chase 2007, 2008, ever since, like, 2015. He's been trying to chase that high of when he was definitely the greatest rapper alive. That's when he was on everybody's shit, killing everybody's Smoking. record. <laughs> and he's been trying to chase that, that same high ever since, and he just can't reach that peak anymore. It's
4: okay. Maybe I think, I think he's too highly of people.
3: I think I think too highly of people. No, no, we we we've we've said that lately he, he's definitely there. Yeah, so right, can but I thought it. that it was
0: all a strategy. Like I thought the rock star shit was to open up his demographic and get more
3: you know, Maybe followers. but that doesn't like, work. I
0: don't, I don't I don't know. Like you don't know, my
3: biggest credit. hate with fans or with rappers is when they try and be bigger than the genre or try and move out to a new genre. Like Kuddy. Like I I do That's not, not
4: fair.
0: I feel like it's a money really. grab. I feel like yeah, it's this like a way it. to grab fans. I don't like it. I don't like that's it. A way to grab fans. The baby did it recently. What'd he do? I go mean, pop? He's a pop star. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I guess he is
3: Rappers star. can go pop. He's still giving you rap bars. He's still giving you 16. I'm talking about like a rapper doing rock and roll or a rapper fucking doing all album auto tune. Like, like just, just stay in your genre. It's pop. It's popular music. Why are you moving out?
2: I feel, I, I feel like it's not fair because like we gotta let the artist be a be an artist. Like at the yeah. end of the day, that's we, we And at we, the we, end of the day,
3: I have the right to say that artist crashed, bro. Think <laughs> <You> to <laughs> what you know. You do. Yeah, you're Stink right. Do what you know. You're right. But that's his nobody. Like, else gotta, has if done you want to take that
2: risk, Good. you gotta take that risk. That's fine.
3: That's right? fair enough. That's fair. You know
2: what I'm saying? So it did. I, I feel like so I feel like that's fair. Like, he fell off because he took the risk. He he just like, because again, like, I think, I don't think artists shouldn't, be, shouldn't jump to other genres. You try whatever you want, but like, realize that like, what you're doing too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like apply the same pressure you apply to this, to that. Like, don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know Michael Jordan tried to do it while he was with the Baltimore Bearings. <laughs> Shit ain't work. Um, you know what I'm saying? And some people, you know, try to put together something. No, Birmingham, Birmingham Barons sorry not Baltimore. Birmingham Barons um and some people try to put together a piece of work but like if you're not Deion Sanders go sit down bro like if you can't play two sports you know what, that's, what I'm saying like that's
3: how you I tried feel. and
2: you failed it's gonna mess up your own legacy like you know like they, you know maybe maybe that's what maybe Bo trying to play two sports is what you know got him got him out like, I'm always gonna fly in sports this time fly in the life but um you know what I'm saying? Um I feel like that's what it is. You take that risk, you blow out your knee, or if you lose the ability to like keep that consistency you had over there, then you know you take the risk. But like, you know, um I still think he's he has the ability to still do what he does. The same thing might be drilling. It, it might just take a while to get back in the field. But, you know, once that shot starts hitting, he starts see stuff start, like feeling the way it's going in. You know, we got the we got BB King freestyle, we got the um the other yeah. the you said, and we got the one with Nikki and Drake now. So I feel like if you keep building that momentum, I'm yes. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm hoping for another great Lil Wayne situation. That will be like great. About as much as like we, we want to see our you know our heroes like you know so come see, back up to the top. You know, what or, saying? So, or you want
3: them to see them age like um like the GOATs did, right? Like a yeah. Jay or a Nas or or however whoever you want to mm-hmm. see them just stay consistent. Consistency is key. Speaking of consistency,
1: uh, Drake is gonna be at, uh, announced at the Billboard's 2021 Awards as the artist of the decade. Uh, any thoughts? Is there anyone else that could have possibly been the artist of the decade? What do you guys I think? I think
3: I think it's him. It's gotta be. It's only him. I yeah, mean, that's the only one that you can. <laughs> <laughs> but especially it's for, been spe- spe- pretty much. Oh yeah. Who you say? Mm-hmm. Who you say? Emma Winkin. I, I don't know because this man stays at number one for 52 weeks out of a year. Like, mm. it, so he's, yeah, probably, I, he's not he's not dropped, and it's a Billboard award. So I mean, he's Mr. Billboard. So he's Mr. Billboard. It only,
2: but so sense. does the weekend. Recently, he's been killing it. So I mean, I feel like those two. But I feel like yeah, they're right. Drake has probably edged him out slightly just because of you're right. He just has, and then and then his his popularity, like weekend's popularity, is just really reach that level where it's like different i feel like but i feel like drake has been there for a bit you know what i'm saying so a while
4: that's yeah
5: the weekend so yeah, we all know the weekend started coming out in the scene the big state like 2011 2012 2013 period right so that's well into the decade right yeah things didn't really pop off for him until maybe no, 24, 2014, 2014 yeah, 2015, 2015 yeah. Um, what was that? Like 52 Shades of Grey. Like that's when mm-hmm. that stuff started starting popping off. But Drake had like four or five years ahead of yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Hits over hits over hits over hits. So yeah, I don't I don't think of any other. Maybe Bruno Mars. Maybe Beyonce.
3: Maybe um, Beyonce. I think Beyonce is the only. And maybe The Weekend. Weekend was a so, good one too. I didn't even think about.
1: So it. I I went to the Billboard chart. I was like. What better way to see who's like on there? Although Drake hasn't did anything other than that uh, EP. That was all like one, two, and three whenever that came out, right? That three piece. So number one is Save Your Tears. The weekend, Uh, he's number one. He's been twenty weeks on the chart. Is twenty one. He's been at number one. Uh, Haven't seen Drake on this as of yet. Uh weekend blinding lights is number 11 still, 74 weeks on the chart. Uh 20 no Drake. So yeah, so that's 30 no Drake. I'm not also, hearing I'm not hearing uh, songs uh, that the weekend and not though,
0: unfortunately. I'm not hearing But
3: his shit, but his is different though, because what how long was um that shit with dirt? How long was that on the charts? Like I'm pretty sure that was on the charts.
2: One of them songs he had. Laugh Now Later?
3: Yeah, Laugh Now or Cry Later. One of them songs he had was on the charts for a year. Like
2: God's Plan did, ten did just go diamond, didn't
3: it? I wouldn't be surprised. I think that probably was the one where it stayed on the chart for mad mad long. Yeah,
2: I think God's <laughs> God's playing two two spots stayed on there for a while. Um but I think God's playing just went just went diamond. So like I mean like he, he yeah. Like he's the guy. Like he got shit going diamond. Who's Really doing that outside
3: of like you know, nobody, nobody like rock and roll. Right
5: I, don't,
2: now. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Cardi, I think
3: Rihanna would
5: have dropped something, if Rihanna would have dropped something like this a couple of years ago or whatever, then she probably would have definitely could have been a running. As well. Yeah, was
1: uh, drop enough names. Rihanna she over she Drake, knows. if she would have dropped something, you think
3: she, she wouldn't. wouldn't dr- she doesn't drop as much music. She takes longer with her. Uh,
1: anti,
4: saying,
3: anti, yeah. anti was from that Bill Billboard chart. Uh, Mad songs, were on that shit for a long time too. though. So if she would have, if she would have followed that shit up with another album, maybe like four years mm-hmm. after that. Maybe, maybe that's a good
2: argument as well. You could mm-hmm. also argue Travis Scott because he's been like.
3: I, I think, I he, think Travis Scott. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Travis Scott is the same as Nicki Minaj. If you're going to put Travis Scott up uh, for that award, then you'd have to
5: consider Nicki uh, Artist of the Decade, too. And Nicki would probably have a better claim at, compared to Travis. Travis. I yeah. that. I Over that. a decade. Over a Over decade. A decade. For decade. Sure. 2010 to 2020. I, 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 saw home. Home I don't remember Travis Scott in 2010. To, what, what, what songs were you listening to of Travis Scott in 2011 that actually made it to the Billboard? That he was yeah. still very much mixed in. Like yeah. twenty nine, yeah. twenty four, no no no, FG. I'm not
2: so what I'm arguing yeah. my argument is not that his consistency over that time period. I'm saying like his meteoric jump in the middle. Of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so like about I feel like they like kinda of like balanced, like the average of that time. But like, even
3: even as well, high you can as say stellar, post
5: Malone, if you if you go on you
3: can say post Malone. There's a ton of yeah. that, but you can't it, can. it's not that
5: 2016. Yeah, yeah. not enough time. Like that's, why, that's what days. I'm saying. Travis doesn't have enough time. He was still, he was still, yeah, better. he was still, better. he was still but yeah.
3: Even, even, even at his his highest week, like I think his uh, what album he just put out? Astro World. Astro World. I think that did 250 the first week, which is crazy. But I think Nikki's was only like, I think she only did like 190 or 180 or some shit, which is for her run in the beginning of the decade for her to have. That impact during Travis's I think you'd have to put Nikki ahead of Travis for that award. If you if, if you're gonna put Travis Scott there.
5: Yeah. 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 She was on
4: all radio stations. Yeah. From her mixtape days. From okay. her, albums, too. her yeah. albums. Yeah,
3: but
0: it's just like that pink print. I remember I remember Bill uh, twenty ten.
1: All right, well, from, from Drake being an artist of the decade, they announced the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, 2021 inductees, uh, which is Tina Turner, uh, Carol King, the Go-Go's, Jay-Z, uh, the Foo Fighters, Todd Rudrid, uh, Kraftwerk, Charlie Patton, Gil Scott-Heron, LL Cool J., Billy Preston, Randy Rhodes, and Clarence Avant. Thoughts? I know-
3: Wait, about. wait, what award is this? Uh, that's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's about time. I mean, who, who from hip hop is in there, I think?
1: Big, L-L, right?
3: Big, hey. Pac. LL just got in this year. Jay and
1: LL. And Jay got in his first year. So, oh, so Big and pop aren't in there?
3: I don't know. It was just this year's. Oh, this this year's. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I think I think they're past years. Um, I think Biggie might be in there. I think I, I think he
4: got. I think he went in a
2: couple years ago, but I don't know if he's so. in. I I don't know. I think
3: so, but that's another story. Um, yeah, well deserved both of them.
5: L and um, Jay. Okay, strong discographies. Yeah. Strong Gil Scott Scott Heron Too Gil Scott Heron getting in there, man. He was uh he he has a lot of songs that have ultimately have gotten sampled in the, in the rap world so a whole lot if folks don't know about him check them out check them out
1: so the hip-hop people in the hall of fame according to this billboard article uh let's see they have run dmc from 2009 beasties boys in 2012 public enemy and nwa in 2016 uh, Tupac in 27, uh, 2017, uh, Big was on the short list for 2020, yeah, that's it, let me see, oh, yeah. let me see if Big actually got it though. yeah, yeah, he got inducted last year, yeah, so he's in. I remember that one,
2: but I remember the Pac one, but maybe that's, maybe that's because of bias. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's funny. I'm just, I'm Don't, a start that. forever.
3: Don't start I, that. Don't start that. I agree. Don't start it. Move on. Okay. Any any other let's
5: before we move, move on up to music? Anybody listening to? Oh, the, the Kodak joint came out. A, oh yeah. I mean, it, Kodak is gonna be Kodak. He's consistent and like he trips over flows. He trips over into new flows. Like he it does. It's just he he's the most intri- one of the most intriguing. Rap artist of this time at this point, like he is super gifted. He's super talented, and his vulnerability at times is just so. Just I don't know. I I really like him as an artist, but he right. um he leaned into he has his problems. side. Yeah, he definitely has problems, but that makes for com- compelling content. Yeah. Um,
1: so so you're recommending it a little So with me, it'll call that like. I like certain songs but i never really gave like a full album like a real listen
3: and his last oh, one's
5: good his last one's good his last one's good um one's i think the good. one that i uh will recommend for anybody is uh what is it little big pot or, or yeah little big pot was a mixtape that came out maybe um five years ago okay of him and um he just reminded me so much of uh, Lil Boosie. So if you have any type of affinity for Lil Boosie, like, that's He's a better cool. rapper than Boosie, though.
3: Yeah, he's a better
5: write. rapper than Cloud <laughs> Boosie, but he injects a lot of emotion, right? It, yeah. Um, and so, you get the emotion even if you don't get like the technical rapping ability, even though he has that. Yeah. He can do that. But he's just so inventive with his flow that like,
4: yeah, yeah. I can agree I, with
0: I put that. Him, he makes me time. feel his music. Yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. me feel some of the shit
4: that he says out of his mouth. And I'm it's just true. Really damn, this
0: shit hits deep. bro yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and his sound is very unique,
3: even for a Florida rapper. Like nobody sounds like that from Florida or anywhere
2: else. Like that's him. Mm-mm. And he, yeah, he has quotables too. Like he, he honestly. He, he might be one of the, He's very creative So he might be one of the One of the more bitten off Rappers low key Than you think he is Yeah Bodak
3: Yellow Bodak Yellow's on him That No flocking yeah. shit No flocking yeah. is the song bro That shit fire <laughs> I'm playing His shit, shit inspired, is fire bro. That shit is fire That shit is fire The wrong fire. mixture i
0: have you turn the fuck up somewhere <laughs>
4: um, T-Pain
3: <laughs> just dropped uh, T-Pain just dropped a single He is actually working on it on twitch so it's funny to see it actually um come out i think it's a flip on his own song i think it's a flip on buy you a drink maybe like, oh or, yeah like, with um Kalani, I... Kelani. yeah, yeah. shit fire shit's dope um yeah that's about all the new shit oh, i think I rowdy some... rowdy Rowdy, Rowdy um, and A Boogie dropped a song together. Yeah, that shit is fire too. That Rowdy and A Boogie song's fire. Actually I like all of Rowdy's shit singles that he dropped. He has one with Nav that I fuck with, and he has the one with A Boogie that I fuck with. So he's getting back to work, he's getting right to work. I need a Rowdy album. Yeah, that means I, I need dope. that. Should be real
2: good. <laughs> I never heard it before so I listened to his music.
3: Yeah, no, he's good. Oh, it's, it's good. It's like it's like um I wanna call it Brooklyn Drill. I don't really know what the fuck to call it. It's a mix. But it's a mix, yeah. <laughs> it's a mix. But it's good. It's a mix, is he, is like... better than him and
2: um I I'm getting his name. Bobby. Smurda?
3: Yeah. Smurda's better. But we haven't heard Smurda since he's been out. So we've heard Rowdy and everything Rowdy's been putting out right now is good.
5: So yeah, that's bad, probably too. for a reason. That's that's getting Rowdy's shot a little bit. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. Yeah. When, when, you know, Bobby come out, it's going to be,
3: it might overshadow. so oh, Eyes on
2: him. Yeah.
1: He
3: wants to let him yeah. make, get his run first. That's, and
4: and then, run. you know, if
3: niggas are lining up to get a feature on wherever
4: Smurton puts yeah. out. Yeah. yeah so. So,
1: I imagine what those uh versatile quests is like for Bobby. You want a verse yeah. for Bobby, he could... Offer a, a steep price right now. <laughs> um, like Pac
2: when Pac got out. He yeah. That level, like you know. Yeah. I'll and like, the juxt- juxtaposition of the 6'9", right, and getting out right around the time when he did his whole time and got out. Isn't it, you know yeah? Saying? It's even, funny how even doing more time to like, make sure his homeboy don't do more time. Like
1: it, it's funny how it worked out too. Like when uh, Bobby started coming out. 6ix9ine uh, started disappearing a little bit more. You don't really hear much. <laughs> so that's funny how that kind of worked out. Um, but I kind of want to see what you guys think about the the chaos of the Joe Budden podcast. It's, we got to keep an eye out for what's happening in the industry and in there. I mean, we all know what happened. We, we listened. Some of us saw the extra tweets and things. But essentially... Uh, Joe Budden fired Rory and Maul. I didn't think it was Maul too, but I read it was Maul as well. Uh, based off some cro- uh, contract issues, they sent like lawyers over uh, to Joe, find out more about their contracts and deals with Spotify, etc. Et uh, all the other stuff that we don't necessarily know, but that's what, it was, what was told to us. But What do you guys so, think about that? I mean, we're a growing before podcast. We, before
3: we start, I think... Because you and Khalif listened to Joe's part, right? Yeah. On the Patreon. I didn't listen to that mm-hmm. part. But I listened to Mal and Rory's um, podcast, mm-hmm. I guess. Are um, podcast? Through academics. Academics was just streaming it and talking his bullshit like usual. But I was able to listen to their point of view uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, through that. So maybe you and Khalif want to take Joe's, what what Joe said, like highlight what he said and then I can go through the uh, Rory or Paul's point of view. Yeah. And we can just do it like that.
1: So essentially, uh, Joe Buddy was saying how uh, they sent his, their representation to, to Joe to find out, they wanted more money essentially without asking for a raise. They kind of went behind back doors to look at the numbers to see their worth. Uh, Joe denied. Their, their lawyers to look at the numbers and stuff and essentially said if you gotta send your team to to you know to look at the numbers and stuff then you're not worth you know being part of the podcast or whatever they wanted equity share and ownership of the podcast and Joe doesn't feel like he had to as it's on his channel and everything because uh, it started with him from day one in the beginning and he said he basically essentially built that up Rory didn't show up to like episode I don't know. He said like between like ten and like twenty in that range, uh, and so, so he he said ownership was never on the table for them, but they essentially are getting overpaid than industry normals, and they were getting essentially rich for coming in to talk for two, two
3: days a week. Yeah,
1: and he said they're over being overpaid based off the numbers. Uh, So essentially they were the only two people out of everyone who's on the team to like get a finite number in the contract because they were uh, basically, I won't say bugging, but bugging Joe to get like a clear number down for their contract and not like a range based off projections from him and his manager, uh, Ian, I think his name is. Uh, So that's really what it came down to. Uh, And Joe said if they felt like they had the high ground based off performance and everything, but Joe said that all they had to do was just play out the rest of their contract and they would have got paid more. <laughs> but they overplayed their hand, and that basically burned the whole bridge down.
3: Okay. So, yeah. So, so when I, when I was watching Rory and Maul, they did allude to everything you said. I guess they saw what he said and then
4: tried it up to clarify.
3: Yeah. So they said that their contract was based off of performance bonuses. I think percentage, they said percentage yeah.
5: um, profit share. Yeah.
3: Percentage profit share, and they they said that they kept asking for for um, numbers, mm-hmm. right? And they said that when they asked for not numbers on the contract, but I think what what the podcast is bringing in, yeah. and I what's think they even what's coming out. Yeah. yeah, and I think they had, um, they were getting, like, spreadsheets through email. And he was like, if anybody's ever been through that, you're not supposed to just get a spreadsheet from an email. It has to be, like, documented. Yeah, he said were- the, the numbers they saw were never documented. Yeah. He, and then the one time that they did get the numbers, um, there was a $400,000 mess up Yeah. $400,000 mess-up in the numbers so they sent that to he said they sent that to joe's people um whoever does their accounting their accounting said they caught it they're gonna correct it and then nobody ever followed up with them so ever since like nobody said yeah this is what it is yeah we corrected it no one showed them that they corrected it so every time they would ask for the numbers joe would get super offended yeah that's like true. that's with. yeah like why yeah, yeah, defend it like defensive, like, well why are you asking me for numbers and niggas is getting paid this and that, this and that. Um, it even came to the point where like Maul said that during the shows, you know, the live shows they were having, um like if they packed out a seventy seven seat venue, yeah, it was a certain number. But he said if they packed out a two hundred seat venue, it was the same number. So he said that shit was getting funny like that. And he also said, and he said that that shit don't make sense. Like, why am I still getting the same amount, right? And then also, what else he said? It was just a whole bunch of him yeah. Rory just laid it out. And
1: Joe basically alluded to that saying, once you send people to audit me, that cuts the court too. So there's, there's probably some, Background stuff going on, and what Joe says something about it too, saying like uh if the numbers look iffy, then it's gonna put more eyes on it and everything. So I don't know. It he, sounds sounds like that's yeah, a little were, messy.
3: They were, yeah, they were saying that it was him that that pulled up the audit. They said we just want to see the numbers, like give us the sheet, and he was like, "Audit me, then. That's the only way you're gonna get it." Uh. So, so yeah, he. They said he brought it up. He brought up the audit. So. When niggas finally be like, all right, man, enough is enough, and you and they send the audit, you decide to just
2: blow the whole shit up. That
0: just sounds like bad business to
4: me.
2: It it is, (laughs) I agree. But it's again, it's the rules. Like, you know, blood and friend, money and friendship don't mix sometimes because, like, Joe's saying, like, I'm I'm giving you guys more than you're actually worth, Mm -hmm. and they're like, we want to make sure that you're giving us more than you're worth.
0: Transparency.
2: And he has gotta
0: be but, transparent. And
1: then he's like, "How dare in
3: you? What? <laughs> how dare I, you ask for transparency?
1: Transparency, yeah. How, it, how dare you, you ask for transparency you're when you're up, making up. six figures a year for a podcast? No way. For
0: you. No. <laughs> transparency is key in any business relationship. I mean, any like. it it, it should be started from the beginning and it was just, it's a bad foundation like no matter which way you flip it um, nothing was given from the start and it started getting to the point where they started discovering things and that built the lack of trust Um, but it's all based upon a bad foundation and even if it's friends or strangers that you're doing business with, it has to be a good foundation of trust and transparency for there to be a good working relationship and it just seemed like You know there just was a lack of trust that was built over time um which led to like accusations and defensiveness which is never good
3: and and you can't expect like to treat people if you're going to treat people like that then you got to tell them like you're you're on a salary like you work for me like this ain't a partnership this is not a business what it sounded like is they thought they built it together
1: they wanted and ownership was, and Joe said absolutely not for part of the ownership which see? which I kind of understand because he started it is his literally his channel literally his that but word. but but, they, but but the podcast but that's not it,
5: what they want like I yeah. was like no that's not what they wanted they were just maintaining they tried to maintain what was in the contract yeah. which is based on a profit sharing um split yeah right and so with a profit sharing split you have to be up to date on what comes profit. into the organization and what comes out in the organization mm-hmm. at least quarterly right so you can have a better understanding of like what you take home at the end of the day so that was that was what mall and uh worry was yeah. whole position was on
0: and see, that's even that's even worse in my eyes because there was it, was it wasn't even like they was trying to change up the standard. It was like, this is what the contract says. Let's see the numbers just to make sure everything was accurate. And,
2: um, and I feel like he threw a fit. I feel like it was all exacerbated by recent events. I feel like because everybody's talking about ownership and knowing, knowing contracts and knowing that everything is up and up and watching out for a double cross from your friends and money is never right. And then 10 years later, you don't know what's going on. So I feel like it made everybody feel super uncomfortable. Like Joe was like, you, you have to treat me like I'm baby. And the rest of them is like, nigga, we don't know until we know though. You know what I'm saying, so. Yeah. But this
3: um, argument, this, this fight has, I think they said ranged back from 2019, even before they were getting paid. Like these niggas, these are niggas that you started the podcast with before you got paid for it, right? So everybody's coming in there for free and all of this shit. And you and you feel like they don't deserve any equity, or, or damn, damn the equity. At least honor the contract. Like who said, like damn, niggas can't even honor the contract. I came in two days a week, not getting paid for shit. I think Rory had a job at what Sony and Maul was doing, whatever Maul does, and and these Ignore niggas for
2: Rock Nation or
3: something, some whatever he does. Creative, and, creative solutions, <laughs> problem solver, <laughs> whatever the fuck he does. <laughs> Whatever he does, he'd be but with all the
2: rappers in all these sessions. I just be like, what the? He'd hell be with, is he'd be with all the ball
3: players, all the rappers. He'd be like, fuck with the Kardashians. He'd be like, what the fuck is this? It'd thing be
2: doing? a Conway album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see him in the back. I'm like,
3: what the hell is he doing? There? Yeah. What is this, this nigga doing? But yeah, yeah, it's like these niggas was basically at the bottom with you, and when you get to the top, now that you, now that you're making money, money this is what you do. And it's his fault because he shouldn't clarify like, bro, I'm, I'm pretty sure at the beginning, if he was like you work, you work for the podcast, like yeah, you, he, he
1: was like, you work for me. And what he was saying was all these companies that they're they're getting deals from, they're doing business with Joe Budden, not the podcast. So he was giving examples like when they was putting the uh, their first billboard in Times Square, at first, Joe said, put me with the boys, with, with Maul and Rory there, but then it was like, no, you're the product. You're Joe Budden. So the billboard is just Joe Budden. And then the deal with Spotify came through with just Joe Budden. So they're saying they're doing deals with Joe, but he's feeding the team off of that. But it's, it's probably not completely to the contract, which is messed up, but he's saying that the revenue is coming because of his name. That's,
3: then that's fine. You can do that, but... Bro, like, would this shit really be something? I mean, those honor you could the contract. Huh? <laughs> those
1: honor contracts. You know, you know what, you're, just what honor you 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 know what you bro. signed That's... up for. And if you're in a contract, you know you has got to be performance. And then you go there for a raise, like your numbers
3: is right there. Just honor the he wasn't. It seems like he wasn't under the contract. That's what sure it seems That's... like, unfortunately. But
1: yeah. you you also got to know who you're going in business with. And Joe
3: unfortunately destroys everything after a while so <laughs> fact, this nigga this nigga's track record in business is not the nigga to do business with bro everything this nigga touches burns to the fucking i mean he talks about back. it all
1: the time he still legally is in like a contract for an album but he just won't do it yeah like,
5: i'm gonna withhold yeah i'm gonna withhold my judgment on for either party because like yeah because we don't know all everything extent to everything I mean yeah Joe said his side of the story Heaven Parks Rory and Mar, Rory Marl three sides to a story, story and it's up for us to kind of figure it out but like I said maybe a few, episode, few episodes of our podcast ago, it's just like friends and business are extremely difficult um, and it, it takes it you can't you can't rely on the goodwill of a friendship entering into business endeavors for um, a long for long term. You have to set up practices and you have to kind of continue to check in um, um, during that period or the friendship with Frizzle um, and the business with f- uh, Frizzle. So the one That's- important lesson I got from this is making sure to you know put in practices that you may say oh we don't need that because we have so much goodwill built up but after a while that goodwill eventually fades and yeah. then you have no you know nothing to stand on like you said like,
0: oh, <laughs>
4: yeah,
3: I also think I also think clari- clarity just be clarity cuz like if you tell these niggas, I'm pretty sure at the beginning if they said I just need y'all to work for the podcast i'm pretty sure these niggas wouldn't have no problems like you know what i'm saying all right this is a job type shit. but when you talk equity and these niggas from the beginning before the money was there niggas are gonna feel like they are owed a piece yep. of the pie and according to the contract they are so if they do sue more than likely the niggas is gonna get bread out of you bro so like those that i'm pretty i'm like just seeing how they are on the podcast, I'm pretty sure if he was clear what it was, they, they would have took that. And then that would have been it. If they didn't like it, they could do what anybody does with a job they don't like. Quick. Enough
0: for a fact it was
5: But it's also it's also easy to get clarity in the beginning when there's nothing to share, right? Nothing or nothing is nothing, right? So you can quickly say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But if you don't continue to check in, you continue to have, like, things in place to make sure you have those tough conversations. Um, when things uh, um, end up blowing up, you have, like I said before, you just have nothing to fall back on. But, so, but,
3: but, see, this that that whole, in their aspect, I think in business, what you're saying is correct, but in their situation, they had a contract. It doesn't get much more clearer than that. You have to honor what you do in the contract.
0: But also, like, saying like re-evaluation is key to like maintaining those friendships and those trust systems like yeah those contracts was forged during one part of a business relationship but as the company grows or as the foundation you know changes there has to be a reassessment in my opinion
4: just to make sure everybody's still
0: happy just to make sure there isn't no animosity um, just a mental health check just to make sure everybody's cool i feel like there's nothing wrong with that and that should be in the original Excuse me, in the original contract to reevaluate yeah. and reassess and to make sure everybody's cool.
2: Word Content reviews, especially with friendships, like you got to check in with your friends and make sure that, you know, the person is you guys are both like focused on the same right areas and, and direction. Like, like like, Joe said, like he was bringing in business at a different level than they were. Um, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they all, maybe maybe the directive wasn't for them to bring in more business at that level um you know what i'm saying so things so you'd be kind of interesting to see if if you know if the if the terms of the, of the details of you know the the how work was supposed to be divvied up and operations of and orders was supposed to you know move forward weren't carried out ac- across the board
4: you know yeah, what I'm saying? It's, yeah. like, it's like you know we also send up with 50 cent
2: right when he had union and stuff like that he was like you know, people weren't doing the stuff they were contractually, contractually obligated to do. Like, I was wearing and hits, Yo-Yo had on Jordans. Um, you know, Lloyd Banks had on Bally's. Like, it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It was different. So, that could also be one of the situations that a strain is just that, you know, sometimes when you get into, sometimes you, you can have people, and everybody's different, right? Everybody's personality is different. Like, mom plays the back. Rory is kind of like comes in and says this shit every once in a while some of it is pointy some of it's hating, some of it is whatever it is but joe was consistently like the aggressive person and that's how he applies it maybe we maybe the terms of the agreement weren't made for that same way and you just had like a, a jordan a pippin and a robin situation where somebody wasn't getting paid and the other person just didn't care as much you know um so you know we, we since we don't know all the details um they don't even know all the details right <laughs> they were auditing him so um, I think there's a lot of details out there that still need to be figured out before we can um, really say anything. So I'm, like Khalif said, I'm a reserve judgment. Um, I'm gonna be Sweden right now and just, and, or, and just sit this one out. or oh, Switzerland, sorry, and
0: sit, sit this one out for a little while. I also think that we should just kind of like people shouldn't try to reinvent the wheel. You know, I've, we've all been in some type of corporate America situation, and one thing that I realize is consistent is the an annual review they are consistently checking in with their employees just to make sure, like, you know, things of like, what can we do better, what do you need from us, how can we improve as a company, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if we just look at the lessons that life has taught us, and we try to mimic those lessons, then I think that, you know, people will be good. I also
3: want to state, like, I know y'all want to reserve um, your shit, right? But, like, this is, detriment- this is detrimental to the brand he said it because if if niggas think he's jerking his best friends like a nigga that two or ten years in a roommate for you have a network like who's gonna come work for your network like if i was on his network and i saw that shit yeah. i'm
0: running numbers i need a. I need ai
3: um... i'm gonna second guess everything <laughs> i i need to see, the numbers. I need to I need see to, the numbers like right after that shit i'm like bro <laughs> i need to see this i need to see that like, see, but that's, when you say that,
1: like, everyone else was, like, cool. Like, Parks was cool with the situation. Everyone else was cool with the situation What was going on. But Rory, like I said earlier, Rory and Maul was, Ma was the only one who was, like, put the number down, like, on the paper. Like, for not a projection, but give us an actual number. So that Joe Budden said him and Ian had to, like, look at all the numbers and project everything and give them a number for that. And that's why they're overpaid because they was getting paid more than what the numbers showed at the time of that. So it it it's, like, there's like this there's three sides to the story, right? Khalif, Khalif alluded uh, alluded to it earlier. Their side, Joe's side, and then the truth, which is a, a little of everything.
2: So uh... is Maul and is Mal and Rory are they corroborating the same story? Like, are they consistent, or is it? Yeah, at least one is leaning to one one direction because we assume that and Long are going to say. Well, they they had they had, the, they had the podcast. They had their podcast.
3: Oh well, I think what they call it. I think we'll name this podcast. Yeah, name the response later or something. Yeah, name the response later. So and basically, they were they were in key and sync, like just being like, yeah, this happened. This uh, happened. Or, okay. no, they were like, nah, I didn't even care about that. All I care about is respect and this and that. You can pay me whatever. It's not about money. da da da, da, da. But they were basically lock and key
2: to, to so it's, it's their story. Of, he, Joe wants to seem like he's doing more for them than he probably actually, they're asking for And they're like, we don't even want you to do more. We want to keep it consistent. So you can't come back later and be like, you gave us anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It could just be also just being like, like you know, Amir was alluded to is like, Hey, we just, want to, we just want to make sure that we're at least doing the basic, like, we want to earn what we deserve, no more, no yeah. less, and yeah. just know that, you know what I'm saying? So, it could just be a situation where, like you said, Joe just imploded, and, like, he's been looking back, Kim and Parks, I saw on a clip from the new podcast, the new podcast. He was saying that um, you know, he thought about it, and he was like, "Maybe I did like, you know, maybe I'm just an asshole." Yeah, on this he said he just like he,
1: he said, he was trying to, he's reaching out to Rory to apologize because when on the last podcast, when he was like going off and everything, he was like, "Maybe that was a little too much," but
3: yeah, he said mm-hmm. that's like that's my thing. He said, it's like, he said "You don't have the family and like it." Yeah. you don't have you know, the family just, business. Like you, you I think, but I think him and are done. I think him and Rory can be cool. I don't They're think not gonna he do a cares, again. but I think him and Maul are straight done, because he said, because he was saying some crazy shit about Maul, like, I let this nigga live with me, this nigga was broke, this nigga was yeah. sleeping on my couch, I paid for yeah. everything, I never let him pay for anything, that's too much for me,
1: though, yeah, he yeah. was all, that's, that's, out that's, out that's that he all that shit he he threw all that shit out there, he have
3: not on the podcast, he was like, he was like, nigga, I heard what he said, he was like, nigga, you ain't never had to pay for me, like, I, I was always hustling. Like, I'm always hustling. Like, when I, when I met you, I had more money than you probably did. And you was a rapper, nigga. Like, like it got... It went there. So I think they're done with each other. And, and
2: from the yeah, moment... at least from in the podcast, m- I feel like Maul's never going back to that shit. No, Maul's not real. done. No, I like, think he's done with y'all. Maul's done. Because like, Maul, he got that in his blood. You know, Seeing him and his brother. Yeah. yeah. And I like, think... He, you know.
1: Yeah. I think we know they're done the way... The podcast has completely changed now because he instantly brought uh, Ish and well, ice. Uh, ice back. Like last week was the ISO he called it. Yeah, he he back. And then th- this week he brought it back instantly. So this is going to be the new norm compared to. But
0: Rory that's good. And but that's good. I bet so you that contract niggas, is straight though. Yeah, and
3: and I'm pretty sure he lets them know like niggas, y'all are. This, this, is the yeah, this is
4: what job Yeah, your salary. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I guarantee know You, don't,
0: that's you don't hold no equity here, so it's like But it's that's that's that's, that's 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 what's expected at this point because
4: they really wasn't there from the start. Yeah. When
1: and, and, and I mean they got their own I know, uh one of them is like a contractor. He like houses yeah. and shit. So he's straight outside mm-hmm. of the podcast, so I'm sure that's a lot easier than someone who's completely invested into it. Into it, uh, yeah. Into the
3: podcast.
1: Like, quit their jobs to yeah. make sure
3: your shit gets off the ground. That yeah. shit is
1: crazy. Yeah, I'll leave it as this. You can learn a lot from dummies. So I'm not calling any one of them dumb, but you, every in every situation, everybody's mistakes. You can learn a lot from. So even sitting from afar, you can learn a lot from them as we grow.
3: That's like that uh that clip I dropped in the uh group. Who's yeah. that from? Lee what's up well, what, what's that clip i dropped in the group from that dude that was talking what's his name i
5: don't remember when did you drop it
3: n-o-n-o-i Is that- oh yeah yeah farrakhan, farrakhan. Yeah. What he was telling you bro if you see someone fall regardless if it's your enemy yeah your friend white black just don't don't relish in it too much, man, because that could be you next. Gotta learn something from it.
4: Yeah. yeah. Gotta learn
3: something
1: from I it.
4: I love learning from other mistakes.
1: Uh, I guess to some uh, more, I guess, fun news. I know this brought back childhood memories that I might be showing myself, but uh Legends of the Hidden Temple is making a return, but it is not gonna be for kids on Nickelodeon. It is an adult themed show now. Uh does anybody what, what re- channel? What channel? It's it's Nickelodeon, but it's not kids uh, doing the competing,
5: it's adults now. It's Nick at night. I guess. <laughs> are expect expecting adults to watch Nickelodeon? Nick at
4: night.
1: I guess Cartoon so. Network. Well we do watch Cartoon Network. What else is on Nick? They are bringing football to Nickelodeon. They did bring NFL Nickelodeon, so they are trying to broaden
3: the eyes. And iCarly's coming back, so everything that like niggas grew up with, they're bringing back
0: the the older version of it, I guess,
3: reconstituting it.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing that like because I have children and I'm watching cartoons religiously, I'm noticing that a lot of the things that I grew up on are either making a comeback or they're just like re-releasing it to the next generation. And I'm like, wow, I grew up watching this shit. And nostalgic because now I'm making my children watch it because, low key, I going to watch it.
4: Yeah, it feels aren't they, yeah,
0: Aren't they bringing back like a? Aren't they like a bunch of live action stuff like Recess or like? Oh, like
4: Recess okay. or
2: um. I, I know they. I know they were
3: trying to get uh. What's her name? Lizzie McGuire. I know they were trying to bring that back. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think she agreed to it. Who's so that? They're so they're they're, who's that? Oh. Hillary
1: Duff, right?
3: Yeah, Hillary Duff. yeah. I
1: don't think she's going to do it because she, she just got signed to do the How I Met Your Mother uh, yeah. next the, series
3: connected
4: to it yeah.
1: or whatever. So I don't think
3: she's doing yes. no Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Um, they're also bringing back Rugrats. Rugrats is drawing better now. They got new voice actors. So Rugrats is coming back. Is it out now or is it coming back? It, I think... I want to. See, it's close to coming back because they're showing clips of it, like um, of the episodes. So it's either back or they're on the way. Like I was listening to um, what a comedian is it? Gap? No, that's the wrong person. But was, um, one one of the actors was talking about her role as uh, Susie Carmichael's mom. Mm. So, so they already got their voice actors locked in. So it's it's it's. That's what's
1: up yeah um adam you was talking about uh an article you saw about the most owned stocks by millennials
2: yeah um i need to pull it up but let me see i saw something it was like most owned stocks by millennials and it was so funny because it was like pretty much like the stocks that pretty much that we've been talking about for the last couple which is like the top 10 holdings as percentage hobom on millennials um our number one is tesla two is apple amazon uh neo nio um microsoft disney facebook alibaba shoes <laughs> <laughs> nvidia talking? and uh, amd and oh, that's sorry facebook alibaba See- amd and nvidia yep so chip companies that makes sense uh, that
1: whole list makes sense <laughs> i got i got like two of
3: them apple disney yeah
1: no, I, got, I mean not, not, not. You, you essentially invest in what you know right and that's the list of things that's millennial what we,
2: that's notes. what we hear about like the, tesla
1: the one thing. We, we we know a lot about tesla we all know disney disney plus marvel we're all gonna get that alibaba we all know alibaba amazon who's now ordering something from amazon every single day uh what was the rest Oh, AMD and... Netflix, Netflix,
4: Disney,
2: which we watch that all day, every day.
4: It's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's literally things that we are using on a daily basis that those uh, that, that article says, and it makes sense. Even the chips, I mean, the chips for AMD and NVIDIA, that's what's used to make, like, the PS5s, the Xboxes. Those are gaming chips, and there's oh. a shortage in
3: that right now, so... I heard it was just <laughs> chips, period. Like, even in cars and shit. Mm-hmm. Like there's a shortage in chips. Oh yeah, no, no. no. There's a yep. huge shortage in chips right now. So that's why I'm yeah. making, it's making cars more expensive. It's making c- technology more expensive. Yeah. Is, is is
0: there's the a shortage on
2: everything right now in fucking America. Yeah, is, is It's is the first time used cars are actually appreciating in value. And yeah. old
0: ass houses appreciating in
2: value. Yeah. There's yeah, even, even a shortage in the price of wood right now.
4: Yeah, well,
0: shortage of
2: steel. Wood, wood comes from uh Canada
3: and the that border is locked down. Canada is not opening their border no time soon. I got it's some trees st- I got chopped st- down right now, a grand a tree. Let's go. I'm going <laughs> to
1: let the and drink me
0: in. That go man. Uh, <laughs> well, it's just safe to say that uh I don't know what the hell's going on with uh, with our economy right now.
2: We're, we're, we're in a weird space where like you know it's like same thing has always happened we see like like Sean said earlier is like um or I don't know if we mentioned it on the on the podcast yet but you know the, the, the racial inequalities that we're noticing during the you know during the pandemic are like are broadening and like the wealthier people are getting wealthier and we saw that like you know minorities, colored people were in those jobs that got shut down during the pandemic which yeah. were like you know um um, retail, um, um baby, hospitality, serv- serv- service,
3: services, yeah,
2: yeah, home care, yeah. right. Yeah. A lot of those jobs went, went away. So, um and you're seeing what you're seeing now is like the economy is having to be is having to be saved with an influx of money. But while we're doing that, everyone's everyone's talking about the big boogeyman, which is always the thing we're worried about, which is inflation, which could uh-huh. be right in the corner, right? Because um, you know, it's just that we're we're in a we're in a time that like we've never seen before. Um, no one knows. No one expected a pandemic to happen in the middle of a stock market. You know, the stock market. The stock market was just like very much you know brand new. I think during the um, the bird flu pandemic. So you know, um, or it wasn't. It wasn't as it wasn't as robust. We didn't have as many players at least, right? Yeah. Because it's big the big. I think that the the bird bird flu. The bird flu. Uh, no Spanish flu. yeah spanish flu spanish, it spanish yeah, was in what 1910 1912? 1912 1912 yeah and then the stock market crashes in 1920s 20 yeah and then that's when they had a bunch of people you know buy, you know buying stock on margins so people were just overextended so now what you're seeing is you have new you have new market entry people coming into the stock market you have um a low level of you have a high level of unemployment um a lot of a lot of government money flowing out um and then um, you see, you to see certain prices go up across the board, like we just said, like the price of lumber, the price of gas, the price of um, household commodities, like bread, and milk, and eggs, are starting to slightly go up, which are signs that inflation is happening or is right around the corner. Um, but it's always that issue: is like, you know, how, do we do we pump more? Do we save the economy now and do what we have to do and just bear the, the issues later on, or do we just stick, wait for it? But um, you know, a lot of stuff is happening. And, Like I said, millennials are trying to buy more stock, but we're also, we're also one of the highest debt holders because of student loan income, uh, student loan debt. Um, So we're holding these stocks, hoping that it it turns into something. The economy is always on that level of like threat level of midnight, (laughs) it seems like, And, um, and debt is gone nowhere. So. You know, especially for our group, like I said, our, our, us being millennials, we have a high level of debt, low level of income. Price is about to go up at the, the wazoo. The economy is in,
0: is in a way of places for us. Yeah. Um, but not for everybody. Yeah. Right. Because um, most of this stuff, like, wouldn't be a problem. Like, I was just recently house shopping, and um, last year when I was looking at houses, they were pretty expensive, but I could possibly afford it. Uh, when I was actually able to move into a house, Prices probably had uh, went up by at least 40%. And then I was looking at like $500,000 houses in Georgia, and like it's literally the type of shit that I grew up in. Not saying that it, it was bad, but it's just like, why is this house worth a half a million fucking dollars? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. um So, yeah, millennials have it bad, <clears throat> um, but we are resilient. We are a resilient breed of humans, so we'll just have to bear the brunt of our um, ancestors' mistakes and see if we can come out strong. Lock in. Tap in. Well,
2: well nice I think Also, what you're seeing, too, is a bit of... You see some of the stocks that we, that we like I just noted off. I think you're seeing um, us betting on ourselves, too, right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. On the amount of stocks that we're holding. The future of Bottle Girls Company is going to be helmed by us. Oh. Um, and then some of the other ones, Facebook, um, you know, Facebook, which is helmed by um, the richest millennial <laughs> in the world, uh, you know, you got Netflix, you got all those other groups. Um, I think like, yep. We we're seeing so what we're seeing is like um, we're all like you said we're all resilient and we're all betting on ourselves, which is what we have to do, which is what you know they say the greatest generation did that time. But um, yeah, man, we gotta have to write the, rewrite the rules, and I think you know starting about you know talking about the financial literacy might be the the, the first part. Yeah, but we definitely need to have a bigger part in how politics play into that. So
1: Yeah, and what you just made me think about what I heard on uh, the Earn Your Leisure podcast. Uh, they were talking about cryptocurrency and how uh, the, a lot of the, the coins that are under like a penny, like when Dogecoin was underneath a penny, the Shiba coin, uh, there's other coins that are underneath a penny that are gaining so much traction and community Uh, because there's a lot of people, millennials, betting on themselves and they join that community that everyone's like, all right, let's push this as hard as we can. So that's why you see like the smaller uh, crypto stocks for underneath a a penny getting so much attention from people, Uh, millennials, especially because they're not going to want to miss out on an opportunity if this one coin gets to a penny and I have Two million shares because I bought so much for two hundred dollars last month. They're banking that that can set me up for for life. So they're not really trying to deal with the whole work for forty years and then be sad. Nah. I not, ain't never met nobody yeah, so that, that is that actually is, with that. So that's what they're doing. They they say, hey, we, we got money. We're gonna invest it like we were told to, but we're not gonna just invest in the normal stuff like the older generation would, like the nice blue collar stocks. They're gonna invest in the newer stuff in the cryptos, yeah. yes. But
2: as we well we, as, we also can't, yeah, too, because those a lot of those a lot of those things. So if you gotta also look at like you know history, because history tells such a, a beautiful story about how things happen. But you know, um, I feel like the baby boomers. They, like, that That administration just really doubled down.
0: Lavin? Oh, no, I just took not like <laughs> that. Was I was like, wait. Team. Oh, I said <laughs> he was like, yeah, I was
1: like, why did it go silent? So, I was like, what just yeah, happened? You were, like, you
0: were like this, and then you were like yo, this. know so, baby boomers are my biggest problem with society oh, right yeah. now. Yeah, like, yeah <laughs> I mean, they, they, are, they probably
2: are the big, the biggest issue, the biggest <laughs> issue to our society at this point, because, you know, there was a lot of betting going on around that time. Like, you know, after, after it was like they were born like right after the, stock, after the stock market crashed, and you know, a lot of people were poor. And then was a bunch of wars, right? So what happened during that time was like there was a big investment into like education. There was the Cold War, right? Um, so there was a big investment into education for like sciences like that. So they put out all these loans, Pell grants, so on to get people into into school to compete with the Russians, right? Um, and then also you had a bunch of other stuff. So you had the promise of the middle class. You had the promise of retirement. So they created, they created four hundred and one k's, and they created, Pensions. Um, they created, yeah, they created pensions, four hundred and one k's, and they created, um, um, more mortgage loans so people can get into a fanny Mae, right? So what happened was they just they ruined the system, though, right? They ruined everything. They ruined Medicare. They ruined all those programs that were started to to you know help our economy and really grow. They just took advantage of it. You know, told lies about you know minorities um created you know predatory um advantages for themselves and for the rich people and then when it came when it when the funds were beginning to be mismanaged by those same people and there was no more money in medicare to last but to for our generation there was no more money to um to make to make more off of those those loans from, from i mean those student loans from prior so what that happened is we saw a shift from pell grants to, and more in loans you know what I'm saying? So oh, they just fucked up every system, like, yeah. the housing market, everything was fucked up. And now we're having to fix it. Exactly. And part of the issue is the people who are in in charge of fixing the issue are the people who created the issue or benefited from the creation of the issue in the first place. Yeah. So um, that's the part of the issue. The reason why we have, in, you know, having, you know, baby boomers still in, in, in place, a lot of these institutions is wrong and you know now you're having us having to find ways to creative ways to solve these solutions so you're seeing you're seeing more um you know digital banks you're seeing more digital currencies you're seeing more digital software we're bringing stuff back for the people because we just have to fix the issues that those fuckheads you know left us with
1: and we're probably not gonna reap it. It's gonna be the generation after it. We're here to fix it for them.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Which <laughs> is what I've already decided that my life was about anyway. Yeah, like, we're, it's we're about fi- the we're children. fixing shit. Clearly, because shit, here we
1: are. Yeah, man. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, just got like two more things where we can wrap up. One, um, I just wanted to get you guys thoughts on Colin Kaepernick publishing a book called uh, uh, "Abolish the Police." Uh, well, entitled, uh, Abolition for the People, the Movement for a Future Without Policing and in Prisons. Uh, set to come out October, uh, features 30 essays, including one from Colin Kaepernick himself. Uh, and a quote here is, uh, the omnipresent threat of premature death at the hands, knees, choke holes, tasers and guns of law enforcement has only further ingrained its anti-black foundation into the institutions of policing in order to eradicate anti-blackness we must also abolish the police the ob- abolition of one without the other
3: is impossible um, that's that's, that. that's that's funny um i was listening to a story about i think a girl from rochester a girl from rochester new york mm-hmm. it's either in rochester new york or from buffalo i think she's running for mayor Okay, and um Um, and that's, that's her biggest, I think that's her number one platform, like abolish the police, um, juxtaposition. They had, um, a black head of the police, um, on the other side of the argument, like they can't even meet with each other. Yeah. Right. They're both talking about policing needs to change right but one's an extreme and the other one's like we just need to make it smarter make policing smarter um do you can you abolish the police i don't know i don't i don't don't know what that looks like like what what what, what is the what is the definition of abolish that's what i would ask somebody that says that, like abolish the police force. What does that mean, right? Would well, That's what it sounds like. That to
1: doesn't. Me.
3: That doesn't. But
1: well, reimagine it? No
2: it's not. It's not just. I think that's the whole thing. It's not just. But why this thing thing is re-imagine is. Re-imagine
1: it. So the definition of abolish per a uh, Webster is to end observance or effect of to completely do away with. Yeah, I don't
0: think that. I, completely doing away with police is going to serve the common good. Uh-huh. Um, there are very, because there are very um,
4: wholeheartedly
0: are evil people that walk around this earth that do very foul things, and I don't believe that I care enough to take the situation into my own hands in order to investigate these crimes, or you know, to stop somebody from doing wrong, or to keep somebody from abusing their spouse, or whatever the case may be, so... I do believe that there should be reform, um, major, major reform, and more oversight and more consequences for actions, um, but to completely abolish the police is to kind of, like, go backwards um, in our progression in civilization, to me, because there was once upon a time where there weren't any checks and balances, and, you know, you can pull out your sword and stab somebody in the fucking heart. It was
3: the wild, wild west.
0: I understand that, but what what would be the difference if there's no checks and balances, if there it was no be. if there was no internal fear that there's consequences for my actions. That's what the so, causes. That that internal fear that like, hey, I could be thrown into jail for slitting this person's throat that I'm gonna slit.
1: Yeah. For example, um wasn't there a city during the right what the protests and everything? Was it Seattle where the cops and everything just like stopped like working. They like shut down a certain amount of blocks and they were like ruling the city.
0: Uh, and was, Something like that happened.
4: Yeah. And it it went.
1: Was, I forgot where it was, but it was
0: Portland. during. It was, in, um, man, wa- it, was it was in Washington. Yeah. yeah and
1: then man. like, yeah, it, it wasn't Portland. good when. It was Portland. It was Portland. Yeah, Portland. And when the cops wasn't doing anything because they blocked off areas or were super violent towards them. And it was like, all right, y'all can have it for now. Run your own shit. it did not work out. <laughs> it did not work out, so I don't. I, I agree. I don't think uh, uh, getting rid of it is the right answer. Restructuring, or for lack of a better term, you know, retraining and things like that, are probably the better words than get rid of completely. So. But-
2: I think I think I
0: think you guys are listening to the terms too, broad, too broadly. I think that's you why you know? need a definition. I'm a very literal person, man. That's I don't a... read between lines. Abolish means to completely do away with the police. Well, You're... it's hard. It's hard to in order. In order so there's two things,
2: right? In order to get something, in order to gain traction, something you got to get belief into it. Sometimes a slogan is the easiest way to get people to understand and be able to regurgitate it. Slogans are historically not good for context. They don't give a full picture. So abolish the police is a slogan. The abolishment is actually a much different strategy where it's like, in order for us to really make effective change in the whole police system, we have to get rid of it all together. We can't look at it and say, like reappropriate it in a different lens because historically it has been, we've we've done so many things restructuring it. It's not working. People, Black people are still dying at an enormous rate. In order to order, order, order really solve the issue or really even try to, Try to approach the issue. They're saying is like take it away. The only way to completely reimagine it is to completely take it away, and then, you know, or phase it out over time, and then reintroduce something else into the system, right? Sounds dangerous. But I, I don't think it's dangerous. I think I think you know you just gotta you have to put it in a new strategy, and because policing is not working, it's not like it's like it's like I think that right now the current police system is reaching a level a structuring point where like the police are occupying neighborhoods. Especially in black neighborhoods. They are effectively like what's happening in what, in Israel, within Palestine, especially what's happening in black neighborhoods right now. They are occupying the streets, telling us where to go, where to be, when to be there. That's not cool either. Like, I don't want, like, you know what I'm saying? Growing up in Brooklyn for a certain period of time, like, there was almost like effectively a, a, a curfew in place because the police were stationed on the streets and mobile, in these mobile um, offices. Everywhere where like you couldn't do anything, it was a basically an occupying force, right? That's like that's like that's like almost like tyranny. It's like the government telling you where to go, where to be, when to be there. Is that a, is that a fair system either? It's like do you want the police like dictating your everyday life? I don't think we want that either. And that's what we're getting towards. It's like we're constantly encroaching upon this level where the police force is coming an everyday part of our everyday lives. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be peacekeepers. There should be ones keeping the peace, making people feel safer. They're not. Yeah. what they're doing is like, and it's also shown that police are not an effective source of uh, deterrent to keep, keep people from committing crimes. People commit crimes at the same level. The deterrent of, I'm gonna go to jail, so I don't wanna do it, does not do anything. People just think, I'm just gonna run away. That's all I'm gonna do, is keep running run away. They're not taking, like, so like having the police there is effectively And literally and figuratively not doing what it's meant to what it's supposedly there to do. So what they're saying is that we have to completely abolish it and reimagine it through a different lens of how we want our actual society to work. We want people who are constantly to respond to actual issues and and say people, yeah, part of that is social workers. We need somebody to tell these women who are getting abused to like, it's okay to come in and talk about it, right? And these men need to get, you know, counseling and not shot down in the house and women, get shot down, everybody gets shot by the police because police are going in there with just a gun and an erratic person. And if you're taught to to constantly apply apply deadly force in a, in a situation and empty the clip, as if you're in war in every situation you go to, you're gonna have a level of PTSD, especially when you hear that your, your fellow officer, you know, two tables down got shot. You don't wanna be the same person that just got that. So what you're gonna do is go out there, shoot first, ask questions last. You know what i'm saying yeah. and that's what's happening what you're having more is not a term for people to not go to not go to jail what you're having is a higher level of concern of the police being afraid to get killed
3: I will, so I they're will just killing everybody i will say the term abolish with nothing else not, it's not,
2: enough, not but it's, again, it's you,
3: a marketing slogan you're, you're, but that was a curious. bad slogan well, like, all
0: slogans say, are bad. Historically, slogans are bad. But not, Unless but they're not, trying to make it seem like, okay, abolish is the worst case scenario. So since this is what the people want, let's try to find the in-between. But, it's ground, not, but I don't think yeah, that's what they're it's using It's
3: not it a, a good term from. if you're that's trying to get I'm people wrong. to buy in. Like, you're gonna get people so, so so like that... Like, a
0: nigga like me is like, okay, So I, abolish I the look, police. Who am I gonna call if ABC? You call police? You call police, she, don't don't ask
3: that question. Anyway, <laughs> I I looked up this, this mayor. No um <laughs> this mayor from Ethica, New York. She she um was the one that said, okay, I'm not gonna have a plan to abolish the police, right? But her plan is she wants to replace the current police force with an agency made up of armed public safety workers and unarmed community solution workers, which dispatches certain calls to people trained in mental health. I
0: like that.
3: So that is her plan for abolishing the police, right? But police her plan's plan. not going to go nowhere because she didn't tell the chief of police that, and it looks like he blocked it. But anyway. <laughs> you. no,
4: your
3: phone blocked you.
1: <laughs> That's fucked up. Uh, Adam, okay. you, you alluded to it in, uh, in your monologue. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you guys want to talk about what's happening overseas, uh, Israel and Palestine? You guys want to talk about Man,
4: that? Up over there.
1: Um, I'll just say from... I'll leave that to you guys. You guys are more uh, geopolitically...
4: Yeah, infused. from
1: a
3: geopolitical state, it seems like Israel... I don't know how to even put it. Israel is far right. Like, that's where they are. And there's no coming back from that. Like, the majority of Israel is the right. But their democracy is so complicated that there's not gonna be any movement. Like, this, they've had what? They've had five elections within the last five years. They haven't been able to form a government around um ben, the current, yeah, yeah the, around the current prime minister so it's like so now they're asking i guess um somebody in the middle party i guess there's a on, not on the left but i guess he's a moderate and he's having problems forming a government and if they don't form a government um they'll have to do an another election which would be six election in six years or something crazy like that so they're having a real existential democracy problem in Israel as they have it and if there's a solution to Palestine because there are Palestinians in the Israel um, government but they don't have a majority so and I think most of Israel agrees with the government moving in on Palestine so I don't know how you solve that it's gonna it's gonna literally take I think Adam alluded to it um, it's gonna take world leaders to finally take a stand and be like you know what no that's not okay if we um we're gonna have to uh boycott because I remember a couple couple of years ago uh during the Trump administration there was a big thing in boycotting Israel and of course Israel didn't like that. So of course Trump was their best friend so he kind of got that down, but that's probably the only way you'll get them out of the Gaza Strip or get them from dropping bombs on the Gaza. So it's like, at, at this point, it's up to the international community to really step in because on its own merit, Israel's not gonna stop it no matter what government they form, even if it is a moderate because they need the right. There's no movement without the right in Israel. So, and that's the right biggest thing is getting Palestine the, the hell out of there. So, I
2: mean, yes, Amer- I mean, it's, settler, it's settler colonialism um, happening right in front of us. Um, America's interests are with Israel, of course, because they, control, the, they control that region. They're, yeah, and, they're, and, the, they're and, the big dogs in that region. And Britain, you know, pretty much was the one that got Israel there. It was that promise to put Israel there in the first place. So it's just imperialism, you know, playing out. Um, I think it's I think it's remnants of the Cold War, obviously, still in play there. Um, I think they're still watching out for what, what Russia's going to do. Um, so they're just trying to make sure that Israel never goes to that side. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that that's all in there, baked in. Um, Israel, for sure, they're using, they're using the, the, I don't want to say scapegoat, because it's going to sound, you know, anti-Semitic, but Zionism is an interesting thing, man, is like, you know, tribalism is, has never been good in history, you know, we saw that in Germany, we saw it in, um, in Spain, we saw it in a lot of places where, you know, um, it's this idea that, you know, the, the, the tribe that is there needs to bond together and create this super, like, connected, the culture and sometimes it, it starts to encroach right and it comes and sometimes it starts to like, change to different faces and it happens all over the globe right um all the time so i think israel right now is almost becoming i don't want to compare them to the nazis you know i don't want to go that far but you know it's definitely um it's reaching a swell it's reaching a level where it's like you know that there, 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 there is a level in I, no i was in a level of imperialism there <laughs> um, um, I think for sure I think you know what you got on the other side of Palestine is like they're using the the, the, the concept that like it's terrorism you know because it's like a un, it's a, like you said there's an unsure government there so it's like there's a multiple players and like you know you never, never really know so I think that's the guys that's happening um but I don't know man I feel like I feel like for sure it needs to be stepped something needs to be stepped in it, it needs to be a two-state resolution that's the it's probably like the the best compromise you can find there. Um, That's not you know,
3: happening. That's a hard, you
2: yeah. know. I mean, Palestinians, I feel like are like, all right, like we, you know, a lot of Palestinians are like, we'll, we'll do the two state. But for sure, like Israel's like, they're yeah. saying, like we're, we're with it. But like at this point, I feel like also because of how things have been going, Palestine can't trust Israel. Israel's saying what is pretty much doing like almost like America is like, you know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, we we, we got you.
4: Yeah,
2: and it's kind of behind that back too. So. There was,
3: there was already a two-step a two resolution back in the 60s, right? Yeah. They already had
2: one, and um, Israel
3: keeps encroaching on palestine It's constantly encroaching, and, you know? yeah. And recently
2: yeah. they bombed the building by two, I guess you would say, left-leaning um, media companies. They told them to evacuate and bomb that whole building. They said, you know, um, but there's always been ties to Al Jazeera to terrorism, right? It's always yeah. been a good, a good go. Um, but you know the left-leaning stuff is just it's just it's an interesting thing it's like watching almost like america like play out in a different country it's like if you wonder it makes you wonder if there's that conspiracy if, like America's really like pulling the strings of you no know,
3: you know what i was uh watching biden's speech um his speech first hundred day speech and he said something crazy interesting about democracy like we're kind of in a precipice of of de- Democracy, Because we're looking at other countries where they are autocrats and one rulers and they're gaining If not the number one country, which would be China and then probably Russia right under that which move How one person says it moves in a democracy We're getting stalled every time. It's like no movement. It's always block 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 so when he said that, I was like, wow. Because he was saying how China believes that democracy doesn't work. Democracy doesn't move fast enough. It it, it it just strangles you. And to see what's happening in Israel and what happens here, it's like, are, are they wrong? Mm. Is he wrong? Like, I was like, damn, that's powerful. Even for him to say that's that. powerful. <laughs> in in front of the Senate and Congress is like,
5: damn. Yeah. It's the age-old, it's literally the age-old question, right? Mm -hmm. How to govern. Um, Mm -hmm. And democracy from, you know, I think Plato or Aristotle, they they thought it as the most inefficient way to govern ever, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no. So, um, yeah, yeah, all y'all made some really good points and I'm, I'm like, (laughs) That's what's up. That's what's up. So I ain't got nothing else to say on that. Okay. Well,
1: uh, the world's an interesting place right now. Uh, I do want to start kind of ending on some positivity uh, before wrapping up, especially, you know, this uh, acknowledging some black people out there. So uh, the first person I want to acknowledge is Jaden Smith. He actually just opened up uh, his first restaurant called I Love You, uh, where... Uh, essentially uh, homeless people eat for free uh, and he's doing it for skid row but if you're not homeless you go there to eat you pay a little bit more so you pay for the person behind you so you kind of pay it forward and that's uh, the whole thing there so I think that's pretty dope in a world that's going a little chaotic, uh, chaotic that someone is actually trying to help out for people who's a lot less fortunate uh, and that's a good way for someone like him to use his platform and his name to kind of give back to the community. So- um, Shout him out. Yeah, man, shout out to Jaden, And I definitely want to keep that as a revolving thing. Uh, so if you guys see anybody doing something dope throughout the week, let's let's give them a shout out. So uh, I don't have nothing else for the week. Uh, I'm mean, here can take us out, man. I got
4: something to
2: say. Hold on real quick. I just want to give a shout out to Kobe me and Bryant being inducted into the Hall of Fame we gotta give respect to the, yeah. to the greatest of yeah. our generation
4: yeah um, vote,
2: man. we gotta give respect to KG and Tim Duncan too during the probably three of the greatest position uh, at their positions yeah yeah you know um, you know, to go into the Hall of Fame this weekend so I just wanna give a shout out to them
1: for sure Max. we can definitely go more in depth in that uh, tomorrow
3: tomorrow
0: yeah <sighs> for sure All right, so thank you all for tuning in to Black Entourage Podcast. Like I always say, if you haven't already, please check us out on Spotify and iTunes. And you can also subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Black Entourage Podcast. Thank you much for joining us today, and we are out. Peace. Peace.